Good day, everyone. Welcome to the seventh edition of the Mungrel Punt Podcast. I'm here, as always, with the lovely Mrs. Mungrel. Hi. The, the mistress of pointing out people who look like things. Although she tells me she does not have one prepared for today. It's organic. I can't just make it up. It just I see someone on the TV and I go, oh my gosh, he looks like... Something. Something. Well, everyone looks like something. <laughs> We're recording this on Sunday evening. It's March the 1st. We're not yet covering the last AFLW game. I've still got to do that because I'm a little bit behind. Um, although I did just watch the end of the Collingwood-Richmond game and give a little bit of a recap on that later on. We're proudly presented by the best independent footy website on the net, themongrelpunt.com. If you haven't found this yet, I have no idea how you found this podcast. But I'd appreciate if you log on and become a member. Do you know why you become a member, Mrs. Mungrel? No. You still don't know. Well, let me tell you, we've had articles during the week on the looming specter of concussion in our sport. And we've had another article about opinions that are steeped in fantasy or fact. And of course, they were for free. <laughs> but we've also had a look at Port Adelaide in 2020 for members and what a fit and healthy list could see them do, as well as an inner circle members only breakdown of the first week of the Marsh series. And we trailed our power rankings and it worked out pretty, pretty, pretty well, I have to say. Got a bit of feedback from a couple of people, have taken it on board and will be applying that in the upcoming week as well. So we're doing pretty well with that. So get on board, guys. We're like one of those startup companies. When you look back, people are going like, gee, why wasn't I on board with that earlier? I'm such an idiot. And I agree. If you're not on board early, <laughs> you must be some sort of idiot. We've didn't, got people... Didn't Microsoft start off in a garage? No, look. I don't know. Let's go with that. Microsoft started off in a garage. I want to find someone who started off recording podcasts under the spare bed in the spare room. Under the loft bed, yeah. It's great in here. <laughs> However, we did just get the loft bed secured to the wall properly, so there's less <laughs> chance of it falling on us this week. Just want to send out a bit of a shout-out to a few of the people who've been on with us right from the get-go. Guys like Paddy and Spen, who jumped on board and were patrons and have moved over to our site. Really appreciate your, your support over the journey. Rob, Andreas, Matt, Rachel, to name a few. Please don't be offended if I let you out. I just grabbed a few people at random who have been on with us right from the start. There's heaps more to give shout-outs to over the journey. We really appreciate your backing and hope you stick with us. We should jump on to business pretty quickly, I suppose. We've got a heap to get through. State of Origin game. Not really the State of Origin game. It was the Bushfire Relief game. And it took place on Friday night. It was a bit of shits and giggles for the most part. I watched a, a bit of the NBA All-Star game a couple of weeks ago. And... Whether it was the death of Kobe Bryant that kind of inspired the guys, they renamed the Most Valuable Player Award for that game, the Kobe Bryant Memorial Trophy or Memorial Award. And all of a sudden, these guys who were on X amount of tens of millions of dollars a year, all of a sudden started giving a crap about this game that, you know, over the journey has been relatively sedate, except for the last couple of minutes where they actually try and win. But right from the outset, it looked like guys were hell-bent on wanting to win and wanting to compete with each other. And I was wondering whether we're going to get that same level of competitiveness in this Victoria versus All-Stars game. Not so much. We There were moments where people tackled or chased or anything, but there seemed to be a bit of an agreement that no one was getting hurt in this game. And really, had someone gotten hurt badly, it would have been the end of the concept entirely. You wouldn't have seen it again because teams just wouldn't want to, wanted their players to partake in it at all. There was a little bit between Bont and Cripps. They were from the same draft class, and it's a bit of an ongoing debate as to who is better. Personally, I'd take Bont. 
Um, not sure if there was too much in it. Cripps wrapped him up in a tackle, and then 10 minutes later or so, Bontempelli had the same chance to do something to Cripps and looked like he enjoyed it and took Cripps to ground. Just want to point out on both occasions, Cripps came out on top. So he earned a free kick the first time, then Bontempelli took him to ground, and he earned a free kick that time as well. Not really the sort of game you'd want to be a defender in. The midfielders weren't putting a lot of pressure on people going forward, and as a result, the big forwards should have had a day out, yet they didn't. When's the game when all the old blokes come on and do their thing? Oh, that's the Witten game. That was great. Why don't they just do that? If they're so worried about players hurting themselves, just do that again. Players do hurt themselves in the Witten game. That's great. That's fine. Because they're my age and they're trying to run, which is a mistake. (laughs) No. Yeah, big fan of that. What you want is, I suppose, a good mix of entertainment and competition. And with the Witten game, you might get entertainment or you might not, depending who plays in it but you very rarely get something that's not convoluted and staged. So those games are purposely kept close all the way so they can have a grandstand finish and then, yeah, they play it out and everyone has a bit of a laugh at the end. You're forgetting that I fully believe that wrestling is real. It is real. It's real to me, damn it. (laughs) You're telling me when Randy Savage drops that big elbow that that guy on the ground doesn't get hurt? Apparently he hardly even touches you. Anyway, a couple of highlights. Harris Andrews in defence... In a game that really should have been complete offense for the whole game, he was fantastic. He was all over the, the Victorian forwards. And really, he had Tom Lynch as one of the worst players on the ground at one point, I thought. It was just all over him every time. Almost put his fist through the ball at one stage. Another highlight for me is I saw right before the first bounce, you had the players moving to position. And you had Brody Grundy, Lockie Neal, Nat Fife, and Patrick Cripps all part of the same midfield, walking to the center bounce together. I just kind of looked at them and thought, holy shit, who stops that? They're you know, four of the best players in the competition, all in the same team, all at the centre bounce, and I thought that was just a really good visual. The game was played in great spirit, and I thought the GWS boys absolutely put on a show. They gave Dusty the medal for best on ground. I thought Topi Green was best on ground, and I thought either Cornelio Early, probably Josh Kelly were contenders as well. Lucky Whitfield also really, really good. So when you're looking at those those four blokes from GWS, they actually were four of the best players on the field. Who on the won? Night. Uh, the Victorians kicked, I think, something like 12 goals straight to run over the top. They're five goals down, end up winning by eight, so 13 goals. Okay. You happy with that, eh? Nah. Nah. I was kind of barracking for the All-Stars, I have to say. Yeah, me too. Oh, well. Maybe, maybe in about four years' time, we'll get to do it again. So we might move on to the Marsh series, which has been surprisingly good to this point. Uh, the level of football played has been fantastic in parts. And there was one game this weekend that wasn't exactly great, but you know we'll get to that in a second. So we'll start with the Bombers versus the Eagles on Thursday night. Andrew McGrath had a really good first half, and he's done that a couple of times in his career. I think he had around 17 touches in the first half. He ended up with 20-something, so tapered off. Young fella called Will Snelling snared himself four goals. He played one game for Port back in 2016. He played four last year, but this is the sort of performance where he'll start pushing for senior selection. He's obviously put the work in, done a fair amount of improvement from last year, and really should give the Bombers something extra up forward. Dev Smith returned. He brings a bit of mongrel. His numbers weren't all that great, but... I think he did give away a 50-meter penalty at one stage too, but I reckon the Bombers need that sort of stuff. They need to be, they need to have a bit of mongrel in their team. They're a little bit, a little bit soft in the middle. No one talks about the Bombers. They're just, they're just not there. 
Does anyone care? Our anymore? bomber supporters care quite a bit. How many are there? Oh, seven, eight, a <laughs> hundred thousand, roughly. Oh they're, my gosh. they're one of the best supported teams in the league. Are they really? Yeah, hell yeah. Um, they've been a bit huh. dormant for a while, given the Bombers haven't been toward the top of the ladder. The Fairweather guys will jump back on board if they start winning, and they're, they're a powerhouse. If they got their act together, they'd have probably in excess of 80,000, 90,000 members. Easily. There you go. There you go. Had um, Tim Kelly in Eagles colours, and I reckon he had one of those games they described as an almost game. So Nick Nat would jump up, put his hand up, tap the ball down, Kelly would be running right onto it, and for whatever reason, whether it was a little fumble or... Someone got a hand in there or something. Kelly would spill the ball away. I think he ended up with six or seven clearances. He could have had ten really easy on debut. So you can tell West Coast are going to be using him really, really well. Just a matter of ironing out the wrinkles with that guy. Josh Kennedy with the preseason form. I didn't expect this from him at all. Kicked six goals. And I reckon there's a there might be a bit of pride with Kennedy. He looked like an old man at times last year. He's only early 30s, before you ask. That's the big tall guy with the beard, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but he yeah. looked he looked fantastic. I reckon there's a bit of a spectre of Jack Darling hovering over him at the moment. A lot of people are saying that Jack Darling has replaced him as the number one forward, and Kennedy might just be thinking, "Hang on, I've got a little bit little bit in the tank just yet," and might have a bit of a point to prove. It'd be good to see him up and about. Him in form probably makes the Eagles uh, five ten percent better. There was a young bloke who played his first game, I think, and I want to throw a question out to his parents his his name surname is Zerk Thatcher and that's wonderful I mean it's a hyphen and good on him and good on them for having a hyphen and it's the thing to do and no one wants to give up their name or whatever but then they named their kid Brandon and on the AFL app it's got his name listed as B Zerk Thatcher and automatically I seen your your eyes light up when I mentioned his name because it's great it's marvelous <laughs> this is just a stroke of genius. So a few years ago, there was a, a poll amongst the public as to which was the the best sports name going around. And there was one called Banana Yaya, which was, yeah, yeah. Steel Side Banana Bottom, I think. Yeah. Either one or came second. And there was one called like Chastity Something. <laughs> but it was, um, that was a cheerleader's name. And now I, re- I reckon Bezerk Thatcher might be right up there. I want him to go absolutely nuts in one game, just start yelling and screaming, maybe rip his own jumper off, Hulk Hogan style. Oh and people go, God. oh, look, it's Berserk. He's going nuts, <laughs> living up to his name. That'd be great. Um, Mark Hutchings plays for West Coast and usually does a tagging job. Uh, he didn't tag anyone this game. I think he got around 18, 19 touches, but I actually don't know whether he's worth having in the side if he doesn't have a specified role. I think West Coast could probably get better value out of someone if they choose not to tag. Someone who is a little bit more adept in using the ball well. Uh, bloke on GWS, Matt DeBoer, did the same thing in their game against the Swans. It, really, it didn't really matter. They absolutely flogged them. But he's better at using the ball and getting out in the open than Hutchings is. is sorry. And if Adam Simpson wants to... You know, use him in a role that isn't as a tagger. I'm not really sure where he goes. Maybe halfback flank or something. The Bombers' intent was really, really good. The Eagles seemed a little bit more cruisy to me. And I'm wondering whether the, the Bombers are showing their hand a little bit early this year. They went out there. They were they were really good tack- tackling. They held the Eagles up at times. And they went in really hard. I think the Eagles probably held a bit back 
if I'm being honest. So the Giants and the Swans on a Saturday Arvo. A few people have pegged the Swans as the big improvers this year. I like their kids, but they, they look pretty ordinary here. They're without Buddy, they're without Isaac Heaney, they're without Jake Lloyd and Callum Mills, who both played in the in the All-Stars and Vicks game. The Giants, though, they were, they were without Callan Ward, Jeremy Cameron, Toby Green, Stephen Canelio, Lockie Whitfield and Josh Kelly. And they gave them an absolute belting. They beat them by 15 goals. The Giants were actually more depleted than the Swans. So the difference between these two teams at the moment is huge. And I'm wondering what it says about the mindset of the Giants coming into the 2020 season. We wrote an article a couple of weeks ago detailing whether the, the Giants could be the redeemed team and whether they've steeled themselves for this run. Taranto's injury hurts a fair bit. He's, but if there's one team that can cover a midfield injury, it's probably the Giants. If you listen to this lineup, I've, had, I've actually got them written down here, which is good because otherwise I'd forget them. Cornelio, Ward, Hopper, Kelly, Whitfield, Tom Green, Haitley, Lockie Ash, Zach Williams, who's pushing for a midfield spot as well, and Matt DeBoer. There's no better lineup in the league. Is Tom Green the guy that married Drew Barrymore for a little bit? Yeah, yeah, he's he's like 40-something, and he's just signed up to the AFL. Look, they want more money, I wouldn't be surprised. But I wonder who gets fingered then. Oh my god. You brought him up. <laughs> you knew who I was talking about. Yeah, Tom Green's his first game, and he led the game this weekend in contested possessions. That's a really good sign. He looked to be a little bit slow to begin with, like he was getting used to the, the momentum of the game, but got it pretty quickly. And once he did, he... Uh, started really having an impact. We keep hearing the power of the West Coast midfield, the power of Collingwood midfield and stuff, but with Sam Jacobs in there breaking even in the ruck, this GWS midfield could tear the competition apart. A lot will rely on injury, and we hope Taranto gets back pretty quickly at a ripping year last year. For the Swans, Jordan Dawson was good. Josh Kennedy, different Josh Kennedy, don't raise your eyebrows. Uh, he picked up eight clearances to match Haitley, but um, he didn't get out of second gear for the entire game and really shouldn't have to at this point of the season either. I don't think he should be carrying this midfield at all. He should be getting help from a bloke named George Hewitt who kind of ran around, did bugger all and picked up nine touches for the game. Ben Ronk was ordinary. Hayward was ordinary. Naismith was good in his return. He presented well. You like when people present well? Love it. Yep. Yep. I wasn't going to say anything, but... Yeah, I looked you in the eye. I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> Florent was good, and Luke Parker had it, the kind of game that Luke Parker always has, 24 touches, but didn't really do anything outstanding. bloke called Zach Langdon kicked five goals and opened a few eyes. The on-ballers of, of Hopper, DeBoer, and Adam Kennedy all got plenty of the footy, but I really like the way Hopper's starting to develop, and he, he looks for options now. He doesn't just get the ball forward. He doesn't just hack it out of there. He grabs it, holds it, waits for an option. will go backwards, turn around, do 360s. He'll do a bit of breakdancing. Whatever he has to do to buy some time, he's got some poise in his game now, and that just takes a little while to develop. I love that you put breakdancing and poise in the same You've got to have a lot of poise to breakdance. I don't think you've got to have a lot of... You know I can still do the worm, right? Oh, no, you can't. You can't. What I'm you telling call me? you now you can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I still can, and if need be... We can tape this and put it on YouTube. I will allow you to do it. We'll yeah, have but a bet. I'd, I'd have to suffer from putting up with you having like broken your back or strained a hamstring or your tendon in your 
leg somewhere is snapped off. And Th- thank you, Doctor Mongrel. <laughs> Once again, bringing out the big guns. So, so yeah, stay tuned for this uh, breakdance challenge. Could be coming up in the next week, assuming I recover from my other multiple injuries. So I love the development of a bloke named Sam Taylor for GWS as well. I wonder whether he'll be another defender on that team who gets the job done every week and gets consistently ignored by the All-Australian Committee, just like Phil Davis over the past few years and just like Nick Haynes last year. Whack. Thank you, GWS and Swans. So the Frio and Carlton game. Look, this was okay for the first half. It wasn't the best game I've ever seen. I've actually written down horrible game here in my notes. It's the worst one of the Marsh series to date. That doesn't mean it was a shocking game compared to, I suppose, the the games we get during the season where defence is paramount. But here, Frio used a really short-kicking game to gain ground early, and it really worked. But I don't know how that kind of works once they start getting tired. The skills drop off a little bit. Uh, Kicks start dropping a bit short. Carlton were able to put pressure on. After half-time, that strategy was done and dusted. And Frio just basically went to bombing long and when they did try anything about 30 to 40 metres it ended up in a turnover anyway Uh, it was a game littered with errors fumbling Uh, I suppose Rory Lobb was the standout he stood up and took 13 marks and five of them were contested he was kind of thrown into the ruck when Sean Darcy went and sat down he was a bit tight in the calf muscle but we heard later on that he'd actually played as much as they wanted him to play anyway so Lobb stepped it up. He doesn't like playing ruck, apparently. He wants to be a forward. James Aish moved across from Collingwood, was excellent in defence, and unlike most of the people on that team, actually hit targets when he went forward. Blake Akers, another. Blake Akers, you like that? I do. He sounds like Baker Aker from Daniel Tiger. Oh, Daniel Tiger. (laughs) We're trying to get our daughter to read a Daniel Tiger book, but she wants to read Frozen every night. So sick of Frozen. Look... Frozen just gets a bit repetitive when it's the same story told about seven different ways. Now let's see it from the reindeer's point of view. (laughs) Fucking Frozen. Anyway, so Blake Aker's got a ton of it. His career high in home and away during his time at St Kilda is 30 touches. And last night, yeah, it's a practice match, but he had 31 touches. He only went at 48% in terms of his efficiency. So really he had, what's that? That's 14, 15 touches that were effective. But there's an underrated skill in football, and it's actually getting the ball. A lot of players are really, really good at doing something with it when they get it, but they just don't have the ability to go and earn it themselves. So Blake Aker's got his 31 touches. I think he'll get a lot better. I think he'll get a bit more poise about him. There's that word again, poise. You're into that, and I've got no idea why. Sounds like a sanitary napkin, doesn't it? I'm pretty sure poise is the name of... It's not pads, it's something else, but... It's like incontinence pads or something. For men. <laughs> Sounds pretty classy. And if I'm ever, ever at the supermarket again, I might start looking for them. <laughs> I mean, we could do a, a podcast for hours and wouldn't even have to get up. It's great. Oh my gosh. I'm living the dream. <laughs> There's a bloke called Lockie Schultz who looks like a nice kid. You know, he's a fresh-faced young talent, but it looks can be a little bit deceiving. He gave Cade Simpson, who's a 300 gamer from Carlton, bit of a whack at one point as he's going for a mark people came in and started remonstrating with him and pushed him over and decision was reversed and uh, he actually was rewarded for whacking Kate Simpson in the head excellent tactical move 
<laughs> he went forward and snagged four goals. I reckon he's made a claim on a round one spot this year. Uh, Brandon Matera, who is their number one small forward, he was really, really down on the day, really lives inside his head, this bloke. I haven't seen a guy who you can visibly see him chastising himself and how upset he is with himself. I reckon he's really... I, I may be wrong here, but he seems like he's so inward-looking and he'd be his own harshest critic, Brandon Matera. That must be impossible to live with as a teammate. Yeah, That yeah. must just be like, you know, he's down on himself constantly. and Or does he praise himself constantly? Oh, I doubt it. Particularly if you were down on him as well. But you thought, geez, I'm pretty down on Brandon Matera. But nowhere near as down on him <laughs> as he is on himself. Or if he said, oh, I did terribly, it was so bad. And you just want to say, yeah, yeah you did. That's shocking. So... <laughs> So, yeah, Schultz is a feisty little bugger. I think you'd like him. Um, he's uh, playing on the ground that honours Hayden Ballantyne with a wing named after him. Hayden Ballantyne was uh, a little bit of a, a rough nut and antagonistic when he played. So maybe he was channeling a bit of Ballantyne and, you know, bringing that aspect to his game. Kind of worked for him. Probably should go for it a bit more. With Carlton, I kind of watched them play, and I think, do they have too many players are the good honest triers but they simply can't kick joe silvani's boy love it he was atrocious last night he could not hit the side of a barn he kicked out of bounds on the fall he turned it over i reckon when you look at his stats you'll see he got a certain percentage you'll think oh that's not so bad but the ones he hit were like little handballs like from meteor way two meters away here you go and they, they count as an effective disposal when that's very concerning because even I can even I can hit that. That's a bit of a stretch. Look, look. I reckon I could. I, I sit deliberately. If I tried hard. I, I sit two metres away from you, so when I say something like that, you actually can't reach. And if you did, you might miss. <laughs> uh, so he was, he was terrible. Uh, Cunningham was bad. Kennedy, Matt Kennedy, looks like an absolute battler. He's been there for probably three years now and people thought he was coming in to play midfield from from greater western sydney and he was going to be the backup that patrick cripps needed in there and he's just not done it i don't know what's going on with his game i know he had ankle injuries and stuff along the way but he just hasn't come on he had a game last year he kicked a couple of goals started to look good that he looked lost in this one as well and cam polson i don't know why he's out there either he doesn't seem to be at afl level uh I read a bit on that on a couple of Carlton boards where I sneak around and pinch opinions. <laughs> and he's, um, th- there's Carlton supporters who feel the same. So there may be some who are a bit indignant about it and think, oh, what does this guy know about Cam Polson and the way he plays and the role he plays? But the way he's played when I've watched has been pretty, pretty poor. Do you sneak around on the boards for every team? Not every team, but I Carlton I do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, have a bit of a look here and there and just see what they're saying. The last one, I kind of looked at... I've heard a lot of Carlton fans talk up and this, on, on these boards when I sneak around. A lot of them talking around, talking up the combination of Williamson and Setterfield as this... It looks sounds like a furniture store. <laughs> Williamson and Setterfield? Yeah. They'd be one of the ones that come in a flat pack and they have pieces missing and therefore don't work no, properly. No, it'd be one of those high-end ones where you pay an obscene amount of money for a lounge chair and then you see the same thing in Ikea for maybe one twentieth of the price two weeks later. Yeah, I reckon there's much better value out there than Williamson and Setterfield. 
in every sense. <laughs> Look, I think you'll have to see a bit of a lift there. I haven't been impressed with with those players at all. So I just want to have a quick chat about... I haven't got this in my notes, so you're going to be a bit lost. But today... Surprise, surprise. <laughs> today, Collingwood uh, held on to beat Richmond up in Wangaratta. And it seems Adam Trelaw has pinged his hamstring up there in a very similar fashion to the way he did it a couple of years ago where he was stretching for a ball at you know, at his feet, running full pelt. And anybody with hamstrings will tell you that you, you can't really <laughs> run at that pace and bend over because your hamstrings tend to tear. So it looks like he's damaged his left one again. In 2018, he was running and kind of got a bit of a push and was hunched over and still running at top pace, which was quite incredible. He ended up falling over and tearing both of his hamstrings. He made it back for the finals, I believe, but that sort of injury, I mean, he could have done himself some real damage and looks like he's pinged it again. I'm not sure how bad. I hope it's not bad because he's been fantastic for Collingwood over the last couple of years. And he, uh, yeah, he probably needs to uh, not run in that way. <laughs> Sorry, just... but when you, you say he's just crashed over and running, all I can think of is Gollum just kind of... Gollum? Slumping along you on the ground. Gollum looks like Kevin Bartlett. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Kevin Bartlett looks like Gollum when he's going into the cave and he's like devoid of light for, you know, six months or so and he starts like losing all his hair. He's got the bad comb over. Yep. There's a former player named Kevin Bartlett looks a hell of a lot like Gollum. No, I'm going to Google him later. Yeah, you look at him and you'll come back on next week going, hey, I looked at that Kevin Bartlett guy. He looks worse than Gollum. <laughs> so the big story we want to cover here, this is this is huge. We were quite shocked by it. I went down to the news agents this morning, had to buy the newspaper, which I wasn't too happy about, and I had to pay an extra $4.95 for the Herald Sun Footy 2020 magazine. And it was ladies' on, issue. Your ladies' issue, yeah. Special sealed section, apparently. <laughs> so I brought this home, and I had a look at it, and on the front cover, there's a shirtless Nat Fife, and he's staring at the camera like he wants to turn the cameraman around and bend him over <laughs> he's got the, the come the, hither yeah look. the come hither look about him and i thought oh maybe it's just a bad shot so we opened it up we turn about three pages in not only is he topless again but he's dropped his pants about three or four inches as well <laughs> to the point where you can see whether nat five manscapes or doesn't <laughs> and i just like to point out that hb was looking <laughs> Well, look. He's very interested in this. I've walked past magazines like this before. <laughs> sure, I'm curious. Maybe even a little turned on. But I've never bought them. I think... Well, it took Nat Fife getting his gear off to um, get you to make a purchase. I want to know why this wasn't in the, in a sealed plastic bag in the special section of the news agency and not right out the front on the counter. For little old ladies, maybe that's the, the target market. Little old ladies are like, oh, who's that guy with his... He was nips out <laughs> in that cover. I'm like, oh, Nat Fives nips out. Oh, well, give the fans a, something a bit extra. Look, I, I I wouldn't leave this land around if our daughter was a little bit older. Harold Sun, I mean, I, I don't know who you're trying to appeal to here, but I looked at that and I thought, that's the last thing I want to see when I get a footy magazine. Give me the stats, give me the inside info, give me your predictions, keep nips out Nat... <laughs> For your, like, ladies' edition. Maybe it's for International Women's Day or something. Who knows what they're promoting there? Look, before we wrap up this week, uh, there's some players we wouldn't want to get on the bad side. Now, I threw this to you during the week. As always, 
Uh, you were doing your research about three minutes before we started recording. I'm a busy woman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Evidently, you're very forgetful. I'm not sure. So you have four, I believe. Yes. And I have four. Would you like me to start? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. The first person I would not want to get on the bad side of is Ben Cunnington from North Melbourne. Now, not because he's got a, a name like a swear word. It's great. You love it, I know. <laughs> but I reckon he's the sort of guy who would just look at you. And you'd be like having a bit of a joke and he'd just kind of look at you without blinking and you automatically know you're in trouble. Like you're saying like, oh, Ben, yeah, we're going to go down the pub and we're going to throw darts and maybe I'll get in the back of the head when you're not looking. he just kind of look at you and go like, you know that if you say one more word, he's just going to turn around and punch you straight in the face. And I'm a bit scared of him. I just don't know, don't know how to take him. You've seen that ad where Jonathan Brown's out there, he's talking about, oh, and we're going to do this this year and Joel Selwood just yeah. runs in there and knocks him over and says, yep. Enough of that chit-chat brownie. That's what I reckon Ben Cunningham would say to me as he was helping me up off the floor. <laughs> Your turn. Okay. Taylor Harris, because, I mean, she scares me horribly. I could take her. But, well, she... I think it's less the fact that, yes, she could beat the living daylights out of me pretty easily, but more that she it makes me feel like I would say all the wrong things all the time. And she'd just look at me very coldly. And I would feel well, my soul shrivel. Give me one of the and things you'd say. And it would be like say. high school. Oh, no. Yeah, it'd be like that. Uh, what would you say to her to put her offside? <laughs> so you'd just stare blankly at her for a while. <laughs> and then she'd panic. go. And she'd say, oh, this woman, she isn't even talking to me anymore. Why aren't you speaking to me? Bitch, slap. <laughs> I was literally having a high school moment there of just being Flashback. confronted with people. After we finish the podcast, we'll have a debrief and you can tell me all about it. Might, might be a late night. Get so, some ice cream for me. <laughs> so I'm terrified of a bloke called Cam Alice Yolman. And it's not because of anything he's done. It's just the way he looks. Because I have flashbacks when I see him to a time when I was playing football 20 years ago. 23 years ago. And there was a bit of an argy-bargy in a pack. And one guy you know, might have given me a bit of a, a grip of the squirrel variety. And I stood up and decided I'm going to have a go at this bloke. So I punched him right in the face and he didn't even move. <laughs> and I thought, oh shit, I'm in trouble here. He's, his head kind of moved really minimally, like as, as though he's like shooing a little fly away off him. I have to point out here that HB isn't a small man. Um... Yeah, this guy could take a punch. <laughs> and he looked back at me and at that moment I felt my mortality. I thought, I'm in big trouble here. And he advanced towards me and then people came from everywhere and we all kind of got tangled up and I was thanking the gods. I was like, oh my God, that could have been really, really bad for me. And so I spent the rest of the game uh, trying to avoid him. And because he was a lot bigger than I was, I just ran and ran and ran and ran. But when I see Cam Ellis Yolman, I'm thinking, he could kill me if he wanted to. I'd punch him and he'd just stare at me. Very scary man. All right. I have Brayden Pruce. Frankenstein's monster. Very heavy and very big guy. And I feel like he wouldn't even really need to fight me. He could just fall over near me and it would break all of my bones and I would die. Is it too soon to talk about the Twin Towers? Because <laughs> they fell straight down. Oh my God. Braden Bruce would fall on an angle and anyone in his path would just be squished. See, I don't even need to be in his path. I can be 20 metres away and... He'd still probably make it. He's, he's not a small shudder. man. Yeah. But <laughs> you'd die from the... It would just reverberate the through the ground. Yes. You'd be like a rabbit. They die of shock, don't they? Yes. Uh, what a shame. We have two rabbits, by the way, guys. And if they died of shock, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. 
You kind of inherited that. Yeah, well, I knew what I was getting into. <laughs> uh, AFLW time for me. Rochelle Cranston, Rocky Cranston. Looks like she would run through a brick wall to get the football. And I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a little bit softer and uh, pudgier than a brick wall these days. A bit? Just a bit. slightly. Just a little bit. Well, I don't have the, the, the brick-like six-pack there anymore. Just More a keg. Like, it's been like rendered over <laughs> the top of it several times. So I, I would think twice about running into her. She's hard at it and she wouldn't back down. She's got a look in her eye like, if you test me, I'll knock you flying. And she probably could. It's funny you say that because I don't have her on my list because I'm not scared of her at all. Because she'd kill me so fast, it would be a painless and very swift end. So, don't care. Not what scared. a way to go. Cranston. Cranston. <laughs> Alright, I have Bailey Smith. Oh no. Now, I'm not scared of him, as such. I'm scared. I'm a bit scared of him. I'm scared of his shotgun and his <laughs> accuracy when throwing a thong at people. So, what about um, if you wander onto his property? <laughs> I have to say, uh, his hair horrors aside, he's actually part of a charity for the Royal Children's Hospital Foundation called Growing Mullets for the Kids. And I actually think the foundation should create another charity that's something to do with being an anti-mullet charity. Yes, you can get both sides. Yes. Yeah, you can get people sneaking up and trying to cut it off. Look, I think it's abhorrent that he's trying to blame his hairstyle on the Royal Children's Hospital. Mullet partners against mullets. Oh, that could make for a a very, very dicey marriage. (laughs) But yeah, he's a... Look... I can see him sitting on his porch one day on his rocking chair, you know, maybe chewing some tobacco and takes up his thong, yeah. just flings it at someone. Yeah. Whack. Yeah, a bit of Clint Eastwood about him without the coolness. Get off my lawn. Mm. Last one for me. There's a bloke out in Fremantle called Michael Walters. It just gets a look in his eye. I reckon, I think I've heard somewhere before that he does a bit of boxing. And there's a certain look people get in their eye, and you just know that they know how to handle themselves. He looks to me like, he just looks at you, even when he's smiling, he looks like, I could knock you the F out. And I'm like, yeah, you could, really easily. I don't want to go anywhere near you. So he's been criticised in the last year for ducking a little bit and trying to milk free kicks. I reckon this bloke is that tough. He doesn't give a shit whether people think he's trying to milk free kicks or not. Because if they actually went up to him and had a crack at him, he'd sit him on their ass and they'd be set on their, their ass by the guy who's trying to milk free kicks, and they look really, really weak. Mm. It's very sad for them, hypothetical people. <laughs> yeah, whoever they are. So, Sabrina Frederick Traub. I have to say that, firstly, I don't really even... Did I say her name right? I think she just goes Frederick. by Sabrina Frederick now. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, good. She'll be nice and lovely and make friends with me, and then she'd learn... Once she's learned about all my weak spots, she'd attack me, but then she'd leave me a cupcake because we're still buddies and I'd be conflicted and every time we fought I'd just be all over the shop no she would if she could catch you you'd be in big trouble but she doesn't chase that hard so if you just ran a little bit and trotted if you trotted away even a brisk walk you could probably put enough distance between you and Sabrina I think think you're not very realistic about my abilities but I'm (laughs) maybe I'm underestimating her and overestimating you way overestimating me a brisk walk oh my god Look, guys, if you've got people you are genuinely scared of in AFL or AFLW, send them through to us and we might mention them next week because I reckon I'd probably be scared of about 80% of people in the AFL if they 
challenge me on my points. Just just people, <laughs> 80% of people. No, there's a difference between not liking people and being, being scared, scared of them. That's yeah, true. I, d- I dislike most people, except for the people who listen to this podcast who are all awesome. <laughs> so guys, that's about it for us this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with the final wrap-up of the Marsh series. Check out this week. We're going to have our second set of power rankings for this weekend's games. And uh, take care. We'll talk to you soon.